Hi, everyone. This is Abhishek from ShakeTheCosmos.com. My guest today is Darren Ranke. Hey, Darren, how is it going? I'm doing pretty well, thanks. Thanks so much for making the time today. Can you just tell our audience, like, what do you do? Absolutely. I run a organization called Group 60. We're a executive coaching and training company based here in San Diego. Our focus is really unleashing the potential that exists within individual leaders and leadership teams. We have a heavy emphasis on improving communications, both within leaders, but also within a leadership team. So we build better communications, stronger trust, higher degrees of accountability, and ultimately greater collaboration and innovation. Given the recent shift to this this radical shift towards this virtual environment, we've done a lot of work with coaching leadership teams and individual executives in terms of how do you adapt to that new mode of working? How do you empower your team? How do you connect with your team? How do you communicate more effectively with your team? So let's get right in. Thank you so much. I, I would like to just get into that then. A lot of people are going through these times right now. So what does leadership mean in these particular time where you know, people are staying at home or small business owners are having to face the situation? This is definitely an opportunity for leaders at all levels, whether you're a leader of a firm, you're in a government position, whether even just a leader in your household. I think about that a lot in terms of what do I want to be projecting to my kids in terms of the risk, the fear, how we should be operating. But when I think about business owners, I think it's really important to project confidence, confidence in your path forward, despite the amount of uncertainty that may exist or that does exist. And I believe part of that is about projecting vision. So we will definitely get through this. There'll be a new normal. I don't think we'll go back to where we were a month ago, but there will be a new normal. And I think trying to lay out that vision of what it could look like is really important and having confidence as you do so. Well, thank you. I think so then I'm just trying to think, what are some ways leaders can project confidence in these times? Ultimately, confidence comes down to having a plan. And perhaps there's some contingency plans you might want to be considering as things change. If customers or clients are going to go on hold, there's going to be killing budgets or pausing budgets. I think laying out that plan for your team is going to give confidence and you're going to project that confidence more effectively. But it's also going to give your team a sense for this person has a plan to move forward, regardless of what may happen in the marketplace, things that we cannot actually can control. So that's really a big piece, I believe, is to lay out that plan to have that vision for what this could look like down the line and take into account some of the factors that are perhaps out of their control. Thank you. So yeah, and I guess the I'm just trying to remind myself that you just did a webinar recently last week about leading virtual teams. And I wonder if we could dive deeper into some of the strategies and tactics that you shared. Maybe what's the thing that comes to your mind first, uh, one of the first things when leading teams virtually? At the most foundational level, it's about mindset. And so much of the work that we do with executives is they may come to us and they say, look, I want to be a better communicator. I want a better executive presence. I want to learn how to motivate and empower my team. And so much of the work that we start with is around mindset. It's getting into values. It's getting into beliefs. It's getting into their why. So we get into a lot of the squishy topics, and which is ultimately around your mindset. And in terms of leading a virtual team, one of the most basic parts is just acknowledging that a virtual team is different than an in-person team. Well, that may seem obvious. A lot of times leaders will try to apply the same approach that they use in-person managing teams in a virtual environment and not be successful with that. 
So it's, that's a, a big piece of acknowledgement that needs to happen. And then what does that mean? How do you actually? So, uh, actually, so just I'll, if I could just pick on those two things then. So the having a mindset and then also acknowledging that this is different. So what's like, what's the right mindset that leaders do want to have in this type of environment? Well, yeah, as I was mentioning, is it's that acknowledging that it is different to be working in a virtual team and making sure that you're flexible with your style and not just doing what you've done your entire life, your entire career, but just that's at the most basic level. And then also is thinking about that from a productivity perspective is a lot of times people think, oh, virtual environments either it's going to be a total downer to our productivity, but actually, well, there may be a hit initially, especially if it's something that's so abrupt and you instantly shift where you get a mandate from above that says, hey, we need to move from our in-person offices all to our home offices. Of course, that's going to crush productivity in the short term. But if managed correctly, that these teams can be for sure as productive as in-person teams. Got it. I mean, I know for myself, uh, I had to adjust to, it required a lot of adjustment to just be virtual. And that point around acknowledgement is a big one for me, just trying to understand that. Uh, what's something else that comes to mind uh, besides the mindset piece that's important yeah. for leaders? Yeah, one more just item I wanted to comment on from the mindset perspective is it's really important that we model it, that we're expecting our teams to operate in a new way, whether it's following different processes or to communicate in a new way and style. And it's absolutely imperative that we do model those behaviors. So that's one more point I wanted to make about mindset. Thank you. I appreciate that. I mean, um, so what else uh, is, what's like a number two thing um, that comes to mind? Yeah, a big structural piece that's helpful in terms of planning for a virtual team, or in this case, it's adjusting to a virtual team environment, is revisiting the, the team mission, the team goals, the roles and responsibilities. What are the different work processes? How do we communicate in terms of project updates, team updates, organization updates? And one way to do that is to think about a team charter. If you don't already have one in place is drafting a team charter, updating a team charter that reconfirms the mission that in this case, adjusts the objectives. A month ago, we were in this hyper growth phase where we were just thinking about how do we grow our, our companies? How do we adapt to competitors in our market? Now it's about radical cost cutting. So surely those goals are going to change, whether it's at the company level or whether it's at the team or even the individual level. And documenting that in some sort of team charter document that has that the team mission, the vision, the objectives, roles and responsibilities, even some of those communication guidelines. What are the different tools that we should use for what types of updates, what types of communication, how frequently we should communicate, how long should we allow before we expect a response from our teammates, the hours of operation. So are there particular tools that are uh, like that? people are sharing with you that are or you know of that are helpful um to kind of re-communicate and align the goals again you know in terms of the tools of communication if that's what you're asking i think it's all the ones that we use in an office environment that are are good for a virtual environment as well but i was just advocating for establishing some of those guidelines because otherwise people are just going to be firing off slack messages or microsoft teams or texts or video calls or calling on your phone sending out emails and you get a lot of information stuck in different style in different silos, but also you start to just overwhelm people with communication and start to 
create a lot of conflict within the teams. So that's, mm-hmm. that's, that's more what I meant from a tools perspective. Got it. I feel like it almost attaches itself to the mindset piece, having the, that mindset and then also communicating that alignment so the tools can be used. Uh, so those are a couple of things. What else um, could the leaders do in this time right now? Another one is just in terms of how we communicate with different members of our team and just not being lazy because there's so much that we take for granted when we're standing in front of somebody, we can read their body language. We can see how they're reacting to what we're talking about, that it's important to recognize that in in a digital environment, you don't always have the luxury. People may not give you the benefit of the doubt and that things can be misperceived really easily. So it's just using punctuation, just thinking about how direct should I be, the style, the words that I use. Those things just are just basic elements of communication, but are exceptionally important as you go to virtual. But also thinking about who am I communicating with? Who's my audience? What's their preferred mode of communication? Because so many times we assume that others want to be communicated to the same way that we want to be communicated with, and that's absolutely not the case. It's thinking about what motivates them, how they generally communicate and adapting as uh, just to make sure you have the most impactful communication as possible. Yeah, so I'm just thinking that some of these things sound like people should be doing even in person uh, when they have the opportunity. This is like increased level of communication or is it more transparent or a little bit of all of the above? You made a great point is these are, these are things that apply to in-person communications and virtual. It's just that much more important when we're in a virtual environment because things can get misunderstood really easily because we're moving quickly and we're jumping from a Slack message to a text, to an email, to a video call. It's just, it's important to have that extra level of thought in terms of our communication. And, you know, I'm just putting myself in someone's shoes who's listening to this and they're going to go, well, how do I hold myself accountable? I'm used to managing people a certain way, but now I want to do this, but how do I hold myself accountable for this? Hold myself accountable in terms of adapting to this adapting and increasing communication and being more transparent. Yeah, I think in terms of accountability, I think it's also, you know, leading out and connecting to your, to your team as well in terms of look, we're going to have to really step up our game in terms of our communication. And, and I'm asking you to do some different things in terms of your modes of operation, in terms of your style of communication, but this is a two way street and that I'm holding myself to the same uh, rigor and level of, of standards as a, that I am of you. And so creating that connection to your teammates is, is a great way as well in terms of getting some of that 360 degree accountability. Got it. So um, what's something else that you found it to be important or, you know, pe- you're coaching people on now? So similar to in terms of upping our game from a communications perspective, it's thinking about meetings and making sure that we still have that same level of hygiene and rigor that we hold ourselves to in an in-person environment. When we're in an office environment, those conference rooms are in high demand and you just can't let meetings run over. You got someone who's looking through the glass window at you telling you it's time to go and time to leave the room. (laughs) You You don't necessarily have that luchery. In or you do in, in a virtual environment where calls can just can bleed over, and especially now where people have a little bit more time, perhaps they're waiting for budgets to shake out, their customers are just not buying, that there is a little bit more time. So just making sure that we hold ourselves accountable to that standard. If it's an hour meeting, let's really start and end on time. That's really important from a meeting hygiene perspective. And then it's it's almost showing respect to others too. I feel like when you're holding 
the meeting on time and showing the same commitment level that was there in person. Absolutely. It is definitely holding them, you know, to showing that you respect the person and honoring their time by starting and ending on time. I think that's really important. Great point. And you were going to say something else before I chimed in there. What was that? <laughs> Just thinking about further about meeting hygiene and making sure that everyone's engaged and involved. And we were sitting in the same room as somebody. You can see if they're leaning back, their arms are crossed, they're not engaged. You can you know, call on them really effectively. But just making sure that you do that same level of engagement when you're in, you're communicating virtually, having the video on is really helpful because you can see their expressions and you can make sure that you're, you're asking them, Hey, what are you thinking right now? Or what is, what's something else you want to add to this conversation? What's a assumption that we're making right now that you think we should really dig, dig into a bit further? Oh, I like that question. I mean, asking those questions, I feel like the body language, that's, that's really helpful. Thank you for sharing that. What's something else, uh, you know, we've talked about a lot of things so far, three, four things. Uh, is there something else that people can do right now as managers and leaders? Definitely. And just, you know, times are tough right now. People are, we're, we're all struggling. We're struggling professionally. We're struggling personally. There's a lot of homeschooling. I know I've got two kids that my wife and I are both running our companies and trying to keep them on task and making sure that they're not just going to be on their iPads watching YouTube videos for the next couple of months. But it's, I think doing things to stay healthy and have fun is really important. So maintaining some sort of regimen around exercise, also around mental health and doing you know, meditation or prayer, whatever you, whatever you use that's helpful to get you focused and centered. It's just trying to keep some of those routines. Obviously, there's greater, greater restrictions all the time, but um, just doing simple things, whether it's walking around your apartment or, or taking a short walk outside, getting some fresh air is really helpful just to stay mentally, physically emotionally and so forth. But I think also it's doing some fun things, keeping things light. There's just so much heaviness right now as we're looking at the news and a lot of doom and gloom, but doing things like a home tour where we're all in these new environments where we're working out of our, perhaps our bedrooms or a, a guest room. And with these makeshift offices is, is turn on your camera, whether it's on FaceTime or on your laptop and give people a sense for the work environment, show them your office, show them your pets, Show them your family, perhaps your kids at the kitchen table who are now studying and doing exercises on their iPads. It'll, it'll create a strong connection, but also it'll allow, it'll allow them to give you the benefit of the doubt when that dog is barking, when the kids are crying or screaming in the background, just to create that personal connection, but also to create some of that empathy. Hmm. I feel like that's very tangible. It's actually something come up on one of the conference calls I was in couple parents were talking about how they're going to try to manage this now because they, they will have kids at home. Uh, I just wonder, well, I'm not in that world, so I'm single. I don't have any kids. But uh, what, what are people finding helpful t- if they have kids at home um, to still c- be productive? Honestly, it's a real challenge. And if you expect to be as productive as you were before, I think you're signing yourself up for something that's going to be challenging to live up to. And you're constantly going to be frustrated and upset about why am I not more productive? So at least that's something that I've acknowledged, but also I think it's, it's sharing and my wife and I are are juggling. And right now she's actually taking the kids and um, later on I'll be taking them and helping them through their homework and their exercises and then taking them out to do some PE, whether it's hitting some balls or kicking the soccer ball around or whatnot. But it's, I think, really sharing that task within the family and then also taking this time to really lean in. This is 
while really challenging and stressful, it's also a special time to reconnect with your kids, with your spouse, with your friends on FaceTime and using some of this extra time to really connect back to those relationships that matter the most. Thank you so much. Uh, I couldn't agree more. And I really appreciate all these um, tactics and strategies. And uh, I feel like I'm going to benefit from these myself as I get away from this podcast. I'll probably listen to it myself a few times. Any other things that you want to share with our audience? One final thing, just on the note of having fun, is just thinking about virtual happy hours. Some of the best times I had working in a big office environment, whether it was at Accenture, at Gap in San Francisco, were those fun happy hours. We'd walk with colleagues and decompress after a stressful week. And But continuing that, in this virtual world now too. And a lot of people are doing them with friends and family and they're firing up their FaceTime or a, a Zoom a Zoom call and breaking out their favorite beer or, or glass of wine or if they don't drink alcohol, some sort of soft drink or water or seltzer or whatnot. But just having those virtual happy hours in a professional context too. So maybe you, you shut the work day down 30 minutes earlier and you allow time to reconnect as humans. I think that's really important because so much of our conversations are centered on transactional topics around the work and allowing time and space to connect as human beings and on a more personal level is really helpful. And these virtual happy hours are really a great way to connect with colleagues, but also with, with your family and friends as well. Thank you. I appreciate that. I think, yeah, just that human connection, reconnection, virtual happy hours. I love that. I actually went on a virtual date the other day. I think this is so much helpful. What we're, I'd love to do is put some of these tips in the podcast description so our audience can also take a look and read through them and then link them to your website as well. Thank you so much, Darren Ranke. I uh, really appreciate your time today. Happy to be on. All right. Hey, everyone. Thank you for listening. Please hit the subscribe button. We'll be back next week 